Welcome to episode 179 of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This time around, we're looking at Season 8, Episode 8, Sure Kill. The original air date was January 7th of 2001. The average IMDb user score is 7.0 out of 10, and the action primarily takes place in the state of Massachusetts. The pre-credits teaser starts off with a guy terrified, going to the police, saying he's going to kill me. He is apparently unbalanced, and what he's saying isn't making sense, so the police put him into isolation. So he's sealed in a room, where they're saying he's the safest he's ever been, but he's saying, no, no, he can get me here, and his head basically explodes through the viewer window. Post-credits, Scully and Doggett are on site doing the investigation. They're able to determine that he was shot by a man who was up on the roof and managed to shoot through ductwork to the ceilings and get him right through the top of his head. The question is, how? Scully suggests that maybe he's got something like X-ray vision or something that could let him see other frequencies so that what appears opaque to most of us is actually transparent to him. Doggett's saying, I don't know about that. Here's what I do know. These guys are not just killing this one man. There's eventually been a history of these guys. They find that they've killed a number of drug dealers and stolen both the money and the product over the past few months. And that's the lead that Doggett says we could focus on. That's the tangible lead they could follow. And it eventually takes them back to a couple of exterminators. There's brothers, one of whom is legally blind, and their secretary. Turns out that both brothers are romantically interested in the secondary. She's officially interested in the legally blind one. The brothers are twins, which Doggett hates because twins never rat each other out. And they were involved in this scheme. So they're able to show that, yeah, these guys were stealing the drugs and the drug money. And Scully realizes that the brother who can see can actually see through walls and lip read, and he's following his brother's lead during the interrogations. The pair of them do eventually start to to work towards bringing the guys in. It's a decent episode. There's some nice twists and turns along the way. I do like the moments with Doggett where he's saying, well, yeah, here's the tangible evidence we do know. This is the lead I'm following. And they are able to follow that lead. It's just, to me, the wrong kind of unanswered questions. You know, we are used to unanswered questions in the X-Files. How did something exist? How did it not? Where is it going? But when activity suddenly starts a couple months ago, we usually find out why. So the question's here, if Randall, the brother who can see through things, has been able to see through things for his whole life, why did things start a couple months ago? If he couldn't, why did it just start? Is it something he could do his whole life and he just didn't tell his brother? But then that undermines the whole solidarity between twins. It was just the wrong unanswered questions to leave a bad taste in my mouth. I would have liked to have known why the activity started recently. From a production standpoint... This episode was directed by Terence O'Hara. This is his only X-Files directorial credit, although he does have 56 credits to his name, where multiple episodes of a single TV series are one credit. The IMDb says he's best known for directing NCIS, where he so far has directed 48 episodes, as well as 23 episodes of NCIS Los Angeles, The Blacklist, Grimm, NCIS New Orleans, an episode of Rizzolo and Isles, 12 episodes of Smallville, and an episode of Heroes from 2007. So a number of credits to his name with 
a pretty heavy bias towards the procedural format shows. This is the second episode written by Greg Walker. He also wrote Brand X and has one more episode coming. He also wrote an episode of Harsh Realm. So these shows were fairly early in his writing career. He would go on to write three episodes of Smallville, and he's currently writing Titans. 11 writing credits to his name. Now, Michael Bowen plays the legally blind brother. He's best known for his work in Walking Tall, Jackie Brown, The Last House on the Left, and Kill Bill Volume 1. He's got 130 credits to his name and is still working. Many of these I'm seeing are in post-production or announced. His credits date back to 1982. And in real life, he is a biking buddy of Robert Patrick. Now, Kelly Waymeyer plays the secretary-slash-girlfriend. She may be best known for her works as crewman Elizabeth Cutler in three episodes of Enterprise, as well as Lanyon, an episode of Voyager. She had previously worked with Gillian Anderson in Playing by Heart and played Melissa in Six Feet Under. 39 acting credits to her name, the most recent of which was from 2004, and the rest of which date back to 1994. Unfortunately, she passed away at age 36 in 2003 as a result of cardiac arrhythmia. And in fact, it was that illness that was the reason she only appeared in three episodes of Enterprise. They did have longer, far-range plans for her character. Now, Randall, the brother who can see through walls and uses that to shoot accurately, is played by Patrick Kilpatrick. Not sure if that's a birth name or not. He's also known for his work in Minority Report, Death Warrant, Last Man Standing, and Eraser. So a lot of work in the 1990s. And continuing to work today, 154 credits to his name, about 12 of which are still to come and in post-production. But a number of his credits seem to be just generic large man kind of credits. Now Joe Sabatino appears as Captain Treguero. This is his only X-Files credit. He does have 107 credits to his name, known for playing one of Harvey's thugs in Batman Forever and then one of Mr. Freeze's thugs in Batman and Robin, as well as roles in Vice and producing Breaking Tradition. Tom Jordan plays the first victim that we see on screen, the real estate agent who was involved in helping them launder the drugs and the drug money that they stole. 35 acting credits to his name, the most recent of which is 2019. He's best known for his roles in Nutty Professor 2, Jag, Castle, and Love Life. Ty Upshaw plays one of the officers involved at the beginning, and he's best known for playing police officer with Sketch in The Amazing Spider-Man, officer number one in this episode of The X-Files, police officer in CSI Crime Scene Investigations, and security guard in NCIS. 23 credits to his name, the most recent of which or paramedic in The Bold and the Beautiful. There's a, a definite trend to playing random police officers. Now, the elephant in the room is the other officer in the pre-credits teaser. Doesn't get a name, but one of the ones who's helping to secure the first victim who's coming in in a panic. And that is none other than James Franco. IMDb says he's best known for his roles in 127 Hours, The Disaster Artist, Spring Breakers, and Pineapple Express. That leaves out his work in the original Spider-Man trilogy as Harry Osborn, not to mention 18 episodes of Freaks and Geeks. 
So like I said, it's a decent episode, but not one that sets the world on fire. It doesn't really have any contributions to the long-term story arc. And in fact, James Franco's guest role may be the sort of the, the most notable element of the episode. As far as the science is concerned, well, had Randall actually been able to see other spectra like the infrared or the ultraviolet, as Scully suggested, You'd have to explain the mutation, but it is a mutation that exists at other points in nature, like in a number of the insects in the insect kingdom can see deeper into infrared and ultraviolet than we can. But that's not what's going on here. Randall sees things in full color. So he's not seeing shapes like you'd see in an infrared sort of sensor or projection. He is seeing things as they are. So he's seeing the light that falls onto the walls. And that's not how X-ray vision could possibly work. A little bit of light does get through the walls, true, but there, the degree of mutation that it would take to see that is just hypersensitivity, and it would still get swamped by the other light coming in. Yes, the military is admitted to working on technology that can do some of that, but that's filtering the high-intensity light out to leave the low-intensity light behind and see what's left. It's an incredibly complicated system that still has a long ways to go before it's practical, as far as we know, and it's way beyond what we've got here. So that still just kind of leaves the raw taste in my mouth, assuming that Randall somehow had this ability. Why did they start doing this only so recently? We don't really understand what has caused the change in their lives that would push them to this point. In any event, that's all we have to say about Surekill. Join us again in two weeks' time when we take a look at Salvage. Thank you for listening.